Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Church, finish these statements for me. You ready? Actions speak louder than? You can talk the talk, but can you? Practice what you? You got it. Well done. This morning I'm sharing the next part of our James series, Faith and Works. Everyone say faith and works. Now, this James character in the Bible, he's a very firm believer in the business of faith in action. He was the brother of Jesus. And imagine playing second fiddle to Jesus. Imagine that, being the brother of Jesus. Jesus forever getting 100% in all his exam results. Jesus making every single Nazarene representative sporting team. He'd never do anything wrong, this Jesus fella. He knew how to get away with things, didn't he? And Jesus, all right, imagine trying to even play classic catches. If you don't know what that game is, it's where you throw a ball to each other and you try and do these crazy catches. Imagine doing that with Jesus on the Sea of Galilee. He'd be walking on water, running on the water, ahead of you, catching the ball. But there was a nickname for James, James the Just. Not Jamesy or Jay or Jay-Z, Jono, Shazza, none of these Aussie nicknames. But his nickname was James the Just. And this guy really cared about doing what the Word said, doing what his brother had commanded. He had lived so closely with Jesus that he had seen action. So he really cared about, really cared about these actions and Christians walking the talk. So we're going to start in a passage of scripture in James 2 verse 14 to 17. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Now, they actually found a photo recently of James tracing back to the first century. Let's have a look at that photo. Action man. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if we could all if we could all be transformed into the real action, uh, the real action men and women, the muscles, the hair, the white teeth that never decay. But James must have been this action man kind of guy. I can imagine him reminding the disciples and the people in the early church, going, "Guys, what about our physical actions? How do we walk this out?" in a public space? How do we continue to share the gospel, but also let our deeds and our actions match up with our words? Action man makes action look easy. And there are times where I reckon the disciples, when they were watching and following Jesus, they would have thought, gee, Jesus makes action look easy. But action can be hard yakka. Just ask the ants on the TV commercial, hard yakka. (laughs) action can be hard action can make us feel anxious but 
Why are deeds so important when it comes to faith? Well, here's the truth. Faith is made complete in action. Faith is made complete in action. And actually, unbelief grows in inaction. And so, beginning of this year, Lizzie and I felt that it was time for us to start looking at homes, to sell our townhouse and move into a bigger space. And so the advice we received was to sell before we buy. And I wasn't comfortable with that, but given the state of our financial situation and given the state of the market, we knew it was the right decision for us to make. So we sold up, but then we started to, we started to house hunt and we were struggling to find a house that we liked in the area that we wanted. And the end of our financial pre-approval was creeping up, creeping up, getting closer and closer and closer. Now, my faith started strong. My faith was good, church. I was in the zone. I was saying all the hallelujahs and all the amens, and I was kicking goals with my faith. But as that pre-approval time frame was getting to a close and we still hadn't found a house and home that we loved, and wanted, uh, I was stepping more and more into fear rather than faith. And so um, my faith started to get more transformed into a half-chewed minty. That's what my faith was starting to look like. And um, I started saying this one line walking around my house. I release it to you, God. I release it to you. And I would have said that hundreds of times. I reckon nearly a thousand times. And one day Lizzie goes, can you just actually release it? And I felt God say exactly the same thing to me. You keep saying it, boy, but actually release it into my hands. And so I said, Holy Spirit, I'm struggling to release this whole scenario and situation. What do I do? And he told me to do something. He said, go and lay hands on the grass of the house that you want. And this, we'd finally found a home that we loved. And we thought, this house is too good to be true. But I went and stood one evening at the front of that house, like a creep, and put my hands on the grass. And my excuse was, was going to be, I'm a grass inspector, don't worry. <laughs> Not that kind of grass, if your mind's gone there, church, come on. Head, head out of the gutter. Not talking about that kind of grass. Grass inspector. Um, I laid hands on that grass and I looked into the house, this dream home, and I said, God, I release it to you. And I also declare ownership over this place. That small deed that I just did helped me abundantly. That little deed, that small little thing that I did. And then fast forward a week or two afterward gone through this very lengthy process of negotiation and offers getting knocked back, knocked back, knocked back, knocked back until the day before our pre-approval financial uh, situation, you know, ran out the day before they accepted an offer on our house. And we took that place, the one that I'd laid hands on, on that property. And we love that home. And a huge thank you to Matt McCready, who was our broker, who helped us navigate that, all of that. But also, I, I love my home. 
And that's a huge thank you to Jesus. But um, we can't sit there as Christians and take on a, this victim of faith without any action behind it. It's very easy for us to get into a state of going, Jesus, I had the faith for this, but we actually didn't do any action. We actually didn't, didn't do any deed. It's important that faith is accompanied by those works and those deeds. Shane Willard, who was preaching at the ACC conference, state conference this week, said this, don't not do anything because you don't know what to do. What do you do when you don't know what to do, church? What do you do? If you don't know what to do about a situation or circumstance, what do you do? What do you do about it? Have a little think in your head. What is your go-to in this situation? Well, you do deeds that help you figure out what to do. <laughs> you do deeds. You make little movements. You have little conversations. You say the prayers. You stand in worship. You get the word into you. You do those little deeds until you then figure out what to do. So I want to bring just a couple of truths out of this passage of Scripture um, with you today. My first point is this. Faith is more than just the words I say. You know, I could claim to be the best dancer in the world, couldn't I? I could claim that I'd actually had training in the Russian um, Bolshoi and been an incredible ballet dancer. I could claim that. But what value is phony faith and fake faith? Professing your faith does not mean the possession of faith, does it? And so just because you say you have faith doesn't mean you've got it. Have you met people who sounded like a believer? They talked the lingo. They, you know, they said all these incredible statements, but their lifestyle was actually 180 degrees different to the word, casual Christianity. So real faith, church, is expressed in visible ways. Have a look at this photo. This is our alpha team. I love our alpha team. And we've just finished our Alpha series. But every Thursday for seven weeks, we would gather as a team together before the evening. We would pray. We'd pray for the people coming. We would set up. We would pack down together. And there was such a spirit of unity. But this was one of my highlights each Thursday, gathering, um, praying together as a team. And those, those deeds that we did together really brought greater unity and action Brings unit, can bring unity. This next photo as well. Three of our great men in our church. Don, Jim and Don. And these are just, this is a little snippet into our Mena House team. Mena House um, is the program where we give out food hampers on a Thursday to people in our community. And we give out 80 to 90 hampers. And we have three teams that help us pull this off. And you would be unbelievably proud of our men house team, the way they smile, the way they greet, the way they put the hampers in the cars, the way they, they ask how they're going, the way they sometimes actually get the opportunity to pray for the people coming to pick up these hampers. That is faith in action. And I tell you, church, someone as big as God cannot come into your life without changing you visibly in a visible way. So, well... Matthew 7 verse 21 says this, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. 
What's the will of the Father? What is the will of the Father? Well, Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Two greatest commandments. And to me, those two commandments sound like action, love in action, faith in action. And so inaction, inaction can actually cause your faith and radical faith to sleep. It can actually cause your faith to go on autopilot if you're not doing anything about it. Can I ask you this? Who do you respect in your world? Think about the people you look up to and respect. I guarantee those people are people of action. I guarantee those people are people of deeds. I guarantee they're not just sitting on the sideline, being a bystander. They're a partaker. They're a contributor. They're building. They're serving into something bigger than themselves. Now, you may be in a season where you feel your faith is a little sleepy. Bring in some action. Bring in some service. Bring some doing. Stoke up that fire because works can catalyze faith. And just like I laid hands on that grass that that evening, it catalyzed my faith. It helped me release and it helped me stand in a stronger position of faith. My second point, works are not just physical. We often think work or deed is just physical, but it's also mental and emotional. We're expected to do some work up here, and we're expected to do some work in here. You know, the word work in this passage, okay, in James 2, um, that I read out before, translate in the Greek to ergon. Do you know what ergon means? Work. (laughs) Direct translation, work. You're expecting to me something to say something really theological profound then, weren't you? It translates exactly the same, work. You know, sometimes work is actually unlearning a hidden truth, unlearning a misconception. Can I ask Benny to come up here for a second? I get to teach primary PE to a bunch of kids three days a week. And, stay there, Benny. And... One of the skills that amazes me about so many kids is they don't know how to catch properly. They've never been taught how to catch properly. And so I I actually have to help them unlearn the skill of or where they're at to then help them build the right technique for catching. So Benny, I want you to throw the ball to me and I'm going to show you what so many four, five, six-year-old kids do. (laughs) they look away and they'll slap their hands together at the ball. And I actually have to go, all right, hey, I want to work with you. Mr. Z wants to work with you. This is what we're going to do. This is what you're doing. And I'll actually show them what they're doing. And then I'll say, you're slapping your hands together when the ball comes to you. Keep your hands together before the ball even gets to you. Keep your hands soft like a cushion. And I also tell them, (laughs) good catch, Benny. Testing you out there. But I also tell them, you can't take your eyes off the ball. Your head has to go towards where the ball is. Okay? And that's what I have to then retrain them to do. Thanks, Benny. I have to get them to unlearn, to deconstruct where they have, where they think they're, or how they are catching to then relearn how to catch properly. 
And so what is God trying to get you to unlearn so you can relearn, to rewire and redefine in your life? Because the Bible tells us we walk by faith, not by sight. So when you don't have sight, what do you do? When you don't have sight, you have to rely on your other senses, don't you? You've got to rely on your other senses. What are your other senses that you need to heighten? What are the things you need to heighten? What are the senses that you can use to put faith into action? Maybe it's worship. Maybe it's surrounding yourself with some testimonies of faith. Maybe it's prayer. Maybe it's a conversation with a trusted friend, a mentor, promises in the word. You look at the story of Joseph, okay? Joseph tells his brothers his dream and then gets sold into slavery, all right? God then, all right, gave him this dream, this promise as a young boy. And you imagine Joseph's position, all of a sudden, not moving forward in the dream and getting closer to it, but moving backwards, getting sold into slavery. What would have been going through Joseph's mind? Why isn't my faith working so far, God? But I tell you, it didn't just stop there for Joseph. He then gets thrown into prison under false accusation of sexual abuse. And then he gets forgotten about in prison. God, my faith is failing. His position gets stripped, his title gone, his influence gone, his dream is going backwards. He is losing his sight and other senses. You might feel that sometimes faith the position you're in, it's not maybe even just your sight that's gone. It might even be your hearing. You're not able to hear from God. Where are you, God? Why can't I hear you voice your voice in this situation? And Joseph knew that. Joseph was there. And it was all so that God could lead him to Genesis 50 verse 20. You intended to harm me. But God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. How incredible that Joseph's dream finally gets fulfilled after all these backward steps, after all different senses being stripped away from him. God did such an emotional and mental work because he knew the position that Joseph was going to be in a position of influence and was also then going to start this growth, this astronomical growth that would then be lead into Jacob and then into a whole nation. Lizzie, my wife, has a beautiful habit of moving things in the house without telling me. And it never annoys me, church. You know, it never annoys me. <laughs> But I have to rely sometimes then on my other senses to find the thing that she has moved. And often the sense that I go straight to is hearing, Lizzie, where did you move the biscuits? Those jolly biscuits, where are they? <laughs> but if she's not there, I can't rely on my hearing. Sometimes I'll have to go to my sense of smell, my touch, feeling around, looking. But sometimes your search can be blind but yet in our blindness, God moves us to seek after him. So let me tell you this. If you can't see, if you can't hear, if you've lost some of your senses, then God is certainly doing a work and is putting your heart and head to work. So go through the process of doing the work on the mental, emotional maturity, the deeds. Last point. Can I get our keys up? 
Your works can become an answer to someone else's faith. James 2 verse 20 to 24 says this, You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not even Rahab, the prostitute, considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction? As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. James chooses to finish this passage and section of scripture off with two examples from the Old Testament. Both examples are people who are not Jews, non-Jewish. Rahab, the poor prostitute, the streetwalker of Jericho. Abraham, a rich businessman who lived in Ur. And God comes and says to Abraham, Abraham, I want you to leave your country and I'm asking you to follow me to a new location. Move all your family, your flocks, your herds, and I want you to trust me on this. That sounds like a heck load of work to me and a heck load of trust. But he follows and he becomes the father of faith. Story of Rahab in Joshua 2. It's a spy story. Moses had led the Israelites out of 400 years of slavery and they're getting ready to go into the promised land. And Jericho, as you know, was a giant city, overwhelming fortified city. And in that city was Rahab, and she risked her life to save the Israelite spies that Joshua had sent to Jericho. And because she risked her life to save God's people, God put her in the genealogy of Jesus. In Matthew, in the genealogy, four women are mentioned, and one of them is Rahab. Her faith, okay, was more important than her background. She became one in the lineage of the Messiah, and she was showing faith in action. Isn't it incredible that James chooses Rahab out of so many of the Old Testament examples, he chooses her. Most of you would be aware, oh, sorry, I just wanted to say this, and then I will just launch into our last story. Sometimes your deeds or actions actually become the answer to someone else's faith, like Rahab did. Most of you would be aware of the tragic accident that happened a couple of months ago just down the street here of our church where a year eight boy from Warners Bay High got hit on his scooter by a car. And Mindy reached out to the principal, Marcus, at Warners Bay High and asked if there's anything we can do to support the school community, anything we could do to help. And Marcus got back in contact and he said, actually you could put on a morning tea for our staff. Our staff have carried a lot of the grieving uh, for that school community and they've really amazed me and I really would love it if you can provide a morning tea for them. So we took a team down of chaplains and leaders from our church, these guys here. And at the end of the morning tea, Marcus, the principal, who has such a strong faith, opened up and started talking to our team and he shared what a challenge it has been for him 
but how he has felt the prayers and how our action that day became an answer to his faith, his prayers for his staff. Our action that day became an answer to someone's faith and prayer. And so your works and deeds can actually be an answer and lead to someone else's faith. And so I've asked Benny to um, come up here and help me because I just really feel the Holy Spirit wants to start speaking to some of you now around this, this topic of faith and this topic of deeds because faith is a fight. We've got to fight. And there's this tension. There's this intentional tension that we have to sometimes live in of expressing our faith publicly, expressing our faith through those works and deeds. And I know the Holy Spirit's been speaking to you this week, Benny. Uh, if you want to share some of the things that are on your heart. Yep, no worries at all. And just during worship, God said that this topic is so important. So important. So, so important, in fact. He said, if, 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 if we as a church can get this right, we'll start to really, really change the city around us. This faith and works in action. So Dan spoke to me last week and he said, Hey Ben, if you have anything on this, let us know. I'd love to you to, for you to finish. So I'm, I'm going to land this plane. I'm believing the Holy Spirit is going to land it. And it's a big plane, church. It is a really big plane. And what I got when he, when he said that that day, all I got was a picture of a seesaw. I'm like, cool, thanks, thanks God. Thanks for the seesaw picture. And I got it a second time, a picture of a seesaw. And I was busy that day, and I didn't want to go deeper until I could actually get to the Scripture about it. And so I started reading through the Scripture of faith without works is in dead. Faith without works is dead. And when I got to verse 22, it said, Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And it's talking about Abraham there, talking about Abraham's works. And I also knew that this scripture was based on two things, faith and works. And I don't know if you've, we've all been on a seesaw. It's pretty boring with just one person. You need the two to tango. You need the two to help balance and spread the weight and all the rest of it. But then I also got, there's something at the center of a seesaw. There's something that carries the weight Jesus at the center to help keep it balanced and carry the weight. He does not favor one or the other side and stays in the middle, relying on you to keep it balanced and have enough of both. I then looked into this word, working together. The Greek word, which is sunagio. Sunagio, sun or sun, means together. Agio means to work, to be a fellow worker, cooperate, co-labor. In my word wealth here in my Bible, it also said compare it to synergy. And this is what it comes up with. It says, the interaction or cooperation of two or more organizations, substances or other agents. So here we have faith and works to produce a combined effect greater than the sum of their separate effects. And that is the key. If you want to be effective in this world... You need the two working together. You can't just have all faith. You can't just have all works. You need the two working together. 
And then I, I did delve into to the scripture of Abraham, and this is, this is the why. And in verse 14, and don't forget that Abraham, um, in chapter 15 of Genesis, that's when he, he believed and was made righteous in tra- chapter 17, but it was a whole seven chapters later where he actually had these works of, of taking Isaac up the mountain. Um, but in, in verse 14, in chapter 22, do you know what he called that place? Some of you would. The Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. So you don't have to worry. When, you, when, you, when God asks you to do something, when he calls you to do something, you don't have to worry. God will provide. Genesis 22 to 20, uh, 22, 16 and 17. Because you have done this thing, and this, this is, and we don't do it for this, but this is a, a good reason why. Because you have done this thing, and an angel speaking to Abraham, I will bless you. I will bless you. So another reason why. Another reason why. Faith and works in actions. And then the final scripture, and this word work together is only found five times in the, in the whole of scripture. It says, you know this one more, Romans 8.28, and we know that all things work together for good, for those who love God. And I really got this picture of this seesaw. If I had more time, I'd, I'd love to get it. Stay for the 10, you'll get more. But um, it's, it's this working together. You've got to picture this seesaw. You don't want too much weight on one side. You need it balanced. Having too much weight on one side, I don't know if you've ever jumped on with someone heavier than you on a seesaw. It doesn't work very well, okay? You need even weight. You need the weight to be very similar. Not to say at times, yeah, your faith might be um, yeah, different to your work. It's always, it's, it's up and down, guys. It's up and down. The seesaw moves. The seesaw moves. And when you start your works, when you start your works, when God calls you to do something and you commit to it, you do it, and you're going through it, guess what? Sometimes, like Dan said, the, the faith does. It, it, it kind of like, hang on, God, you asked me to do this, I'm doing it. But then what happens? You get through that and your faith lifts again. So here's the seesaw. Praise Jesus. Jesus is doing a working. <sighs> Thank you, God. Well, you'll, I'll get you to pray in a sec, Benny. Yep. Um, but I just really get the sense that the Holy Spirit is wants to speak to you about Mary and Martha. You know, Martha, you know, she was the one that started in deeds, and she started with the work, and Mary started in worship listening to her saviour at his feet, interacting with him. And I just want to ask you this, because you could see that Martha was so stressed and frustrated and annoyed. She, she had, like Benny's been talking about, the imbalance of deeds and work. And I actually get the sense that some of you are a little bit imbalanced with the deeds and work. But some of you, the, the work is actually creating anxiety for you and we need to get that you need to get that synergy back with the faith and so you need to start in worship worship that actually leads to works worship that actually feeds into the works so i just want you to if that's you i just want you to just close your eyes and i'll get everyone close their eyes too actually and um, i'm gonna get benny to pray for that and um, then we're going to close, close our service too. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. And, and he wants you to know too, it's never too late. 
It's never too late to complete that work, to complete that work that God has placed on your heart. It can be as small or as big as it, as it, as it needs to be, but it's never too late to complete that work. Lord God, we just, we just thank you for the hearts here, Lord God. I pray right now you actually reveal, Holy Spirit, reveal to people those words which have been forgotten. It, it's, it's in the past, those promises you have made, those calls to action, those calls to deeds, Lord God, that you placed on their heart. But for whatever reason, it, it's gone, Lord God. It's disappeared out of, out of mind, Lord God. Reveal that to them right now, Lord God. And then, Lord God, path away, path away for them to work to work in action, uh, in faith, Lord God, to complete that work, to complete that deed, Lord God. Give them the strength, Lord God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord God. May they walk your walk, not by sight, Lord God, but by faith, Lord God. Not by sight, but by faith. Those works will be completed. And Lord God, as each person here, as each person here ponders in their mind, Lord God, in their heart, what it is, Lord Jesus. I pray you would just give them a sense of peace that it's actually not too hard. What you've been called to do, what you've been asked to do, it's, it's not too hard. Because remember, remember what I said, the Lord will provide and he will bless you. Lord Jesus, we thank you in your precious name. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit macroylifechurch.com.au.